Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, Warrior Women. This is Liz Swadek. I'm your host and best girlfriend. I know the kids are going back to school, some virtually, some in person, but whatever way they are back, we are stressed. We are worried about a myriad of things. We are overwhelmed by it all. One thing I know is that we are in this together. Together, we're better. We have to support and love on each other right now. Reach out to your girlfriends, connect with them, have a distance drink. We need to see faces. Even if it's five minutes of self-care, give it to yourself. We all have five minutes. And I've been doing a ton of cooking since this pandemic began. And I even started my own little Instagram live show called Cooking and Drinking, just so I can talk to chefs and drink my wine while they cook. It's fabulous. But today, On the show, we get to meet a chef, a celebrity chef who is a warrior woman and has a warrior woman legacy. And that is what I am so excited about today. We're going to learn all about our guest today, Katie Shen. But first, have you left us a review for this podcast yet? If not, please do. I'd be so grateful. Podcasts go higher in the rankings, the better the reviews. So we would really appreciate it. Okay, now for our sponsor. Guys, I have a new sponsor, and you know what? It's saving me during COVID, and probably will keep saving me. I hate ironing. Oh my God, I would rather die than take out that ironing board. Well, guess what? I now have Tom and Sherry's Iron in a Bottle. That's right, Tom and Sherry's Iron in a Bottle. It's a plant-based wrinkle releaser spray for your clothes. It saves time. You can look your best on your Zooms and the wrinkles come right out. You guys, it smells like fresh linen. It is the most fabulous thing and it actually works. Tom and Sherry's Iron in a Bottle. If you want yours, go to the link in my bio and you can save some money by using our code WARRIORMOMS15. Tom and Sherry's. If you want to spend some more time with me, go to thewarriormoms.co. On the website, you can read articles on everything from marriage to parenting to recipes and gift guides. You can also sign up for my e-blasts and you can get to the podcast there by clicking on the podcast link. On the show today, we have award-winning cookbook author, celebrity chef, and TV personality, Chef Katie Chen. Growing up cooking and learning in the kitchen of her mom, the famous restaurateur Leanne Chen She developed a passion for Asian cooking and food. Her numerous appearances on national television include The Today Show, The Real, The Daily Buzz, Cooking Channel, and as a guest judge on the Food Network's Iron Chef America. She even appeared as a chef contestant on Cutthroat Kitchen, and she beat Bobby Flay. That's right. Take that. I love it. I love that, Katie. Oh, my God. Katie also served as the culinary ambassador to City of Hope and its Superfoods Initiative taking the message of the cancer-fighting potential of certain foods directly to the White House. She demonstrated it at the National Easter Egg Roll with President Obama, how to quickly and easily incorporate superfoods into your daily life. 
Based in LA, Katie divides her time running her businesses, Walkstar Catering and Fortune Cookie Divas, while posting recipes to her blog, shooting cooking videos for her Chef Katie Chin YouTube channel, and throwing karaoke dinner parties, and caring for her stepdaughter, Kyla, and her twins, Dylan and Becca. Welcome to the show, Katie! Thank you so much, Liz. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! And I, like you said, I'm, I'm just happy to see a, a, a fun face. <laughs> I mean, a human face. I just want to see a face. I don't love Zoom. I'd rather see you in person, but this is my next best thing. Second best thing. Yes. Especially with a cocktail. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh my God, we need a cocktail. Um, you are a Wonder Woman. I was just saying to Katie, I, I, this is the first time we're meeting. I stalked you on on uh, LinkedIn because I just was blown away by your story and all that you do. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. So thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Um, tell me, I mean, pe- some people might not know about your mom and I'm really kind of wanting to know more about her, but tell me about growing up with your mom, Leanne Chen, and what you learned from her experience as an entrepreneur. Oh my goodness. I just, I can't say enough incredible things about my mother. Um, she immigrated from China in 1956. She was a seamstress making 50 cents an hour in Minnesota where we were born and raised. She always loved to cook. And one day she threw a luncheon for some of her sewing clients and they were blown away by authentic Chinese cuisine because you couldn't really get that back in the day. And they encouraged her to start teaching classes and to cater. And little by little, she became very successful. And we grew up working in um, the basement of our home, her catering business. And while all the other kids were, you know, skating or at the mall, we were frying chicken pieces, gritting our teeth the whole way. Um, And obviously now we look back on those days and are so grateful that we had that background and that she, she taught us so many lessons, but, uh, you know, the time it was, it was, it was kind of rough, but we knew something magical was happening to our mother. And one thing led to another. She opened her first restaurant. She sold her company to General Mills in the late eighties. They were going to take it national. She had never even gone to high school. And like I said, she was making 50 cents an hour. Oh my gosh. She's incredible. Really remarkable. She ended up building it into a $50 million company. She passed away about 10 years ago, which is super, you know, it's heartbreaking, but she taught us so much. And I think the greatest lesson she taught me was resilience because she overcame so many obstacles, you know, living through a war, being match made to somebody that she didn't even like, you know, uh, having five children within the discrimination she faced as a minority businesswoman, people stereotyping her because she was sort of a demure Asian woman with a heavy accent, having to sort of swallow it, bite her tongue many times. But then each time she would outwit any person that tried to take advantage of her. I just wish I could have met her. She just seems like my kind of woman. I just would die to meet her. She just really is blowing my mind. I mean, I, and so, and, and these restaurants, so these restaurants are still going on today. There's a, they're all over Minnesota. Is it named after her? Is it Leanne Chen or what's it called? The restaurant? Yes, it's called Leanne Chen and they still exist. Uh, the owner of the company owns Pickup Sticks in Southern California and another chain in the Southeast. Yes. She never even met my mom, which is, which is so crazy. Yeah. That's the thing crazy. is, despite all the things that she had to endure. She never once complained. Let me tell you, resilience and not complaining, I think is the recipe, the key, the key to success in life. Um, so you, so you did not at first though, want to want to be a chef. You were not going in that direction, but then something turned you around. So what, what direction, 
were you going in other than being in chef? And what made you come back to your roots? Well, you know, being trapped in a Chinese food factory. (laughs) You had to make an escape. I'm getting getting out of here. (laughs) I'm staying here. It's 50 degrees below zero. And I smell like... Oh my God. No, I was, um, I set my sights on working in marketing and advertising um, because... In an Asian family, in, in our Chinese family, you either could become a lawyer, a doctor, or a professor. So all my siblings are those things. So when I set out to not work in the restaurant industry and do something else, you know, I think it's that um, you have to you have to really achieve, especially if you're picking something non-traditional because yes. your parents worry about you. You know what I mean? Yes. So um, I just sort of fell into entertainment marketing when I was in college and I became um, an intern for Warner Brothers. And so when I moved out to LA with my first husband, I'm on my third husband right now, by the way. I mean, sometimes it takes maybe third time's a charm. I mean, I don't know. That's what I have to say. But anyway, um, (laughs) I just stumbled into the entertainment business and I wanted to actually move to New York and work for advertising, work in advertising. So I kept, you know, thinking I would leave, but then I'd get a better job offer. And then I get a better job offer. And by the time I was 28, I was a senior VP at Fox. And I'm like, how did this happen? Oh my God. Amazing. So I was really lucky and so fortunate, but at the same time, I felt, I didn't feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that career. I met a ton of people, but I didn't, I just felt like something was missing. So one day while I was working at Fox, I decided to throw a dinner party and I realized I had completely forgotten how to cook. So I kept calling my mom on the phone. You know, she was in Minnesota. I was in LA asking her questions. And she was like, this is ridiculous. So she got on a plane with frozen lemon chicken, ended up on my doorstep. She cooked the whole meal and she let everybody think I had cooked it. And meanwhile, she opened my fridge and found only champagne and yogurt. She was mortified. So of she course. set up to teach me how to cook again. So she kept flying to LA. We throw dinner parties. My friends would come over and they'd go, you guys make Chinese cooking look so easy. You guys should do a book together. And I was like, we should do a book together. So um, I got us a book deal. Uh, and I was like, you know, there's really an opportunity here to create a mother-daughter culinary brand. And I think it's going to be a lot more fun than what I'm doing right now. So quit my job, left my then husband, left my second husband <laughs> at this point, didn't have kids, um, which, you know, gives you a lot more freedom. We started a catering business together. We had a show on PBS together called Double Happiness, which was a, a mother-daughter culinary and cultural kind of cooking show, but my mom, she hated to be on TV. So I had to do all the cooking. And then, um, you know, I had to, you had to be the personality. She was just like, she just was all about the food. So I'm like, all right, all right, mom, mom. So, um, if you don't have Asian hot sauce, you could raise, you could use Mexican hot sauce, right, mom? And she'd go, no, (laughs) I'm not not working with you. She was not working with you. No. <laughs> Thanks, mom. But yeah. you know, it was always out of love because she just wanted me to be the best that I could be. So I mean, it was yes. really a, a magical journey to go on with her. And also, you know, growing up, she was so busy uh, running her restaurant empire. I felt like I barely knew her. Mm-hmm. So that as an adult, when we came together and we were working in the kitchen together, she finally opened up and would tell me about some of her hardships and the things that she went through. And I felt like we actually finally became friends. 
That's incredible because you're right, right? She's not a complainer. She's keeping her head down. She's resilient. So the last thing she wants to do is be like, listen to how horrible this was. Look, look what happened to me, right. right? So the fact that you did get those stories out of her, it's an, that's important too because I do also feel like if we don't know the history, like we don't know our history and like where we've come from, then we don't know how strong we really are. Like now you really know how strong you are because look at what your mother had to go through. So you know that literally in your DNA, you've got this warrior DNA, right? I mean, you oh, do. A completely a warrior. Yeah. In your yeah. past, right. Because it's a bridge. Your past is your bridge to your present and future and really who you are and who you're supposed to be, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So well, this brings me to my next question for you, which is perfect. I just made my own lead in. Um, so what have you had to overcome personally or professionally to be kind of a success in your space? Well, as I, I mentioned, I don't want to just uh, keep talking about my former marriages, <laughs> but you know, having to reinvent myself, having to sort of start over. Also, I didn't go to culinary school. So I think also sort of proving myself and my street cred. For example, when my mother and I started our catering business, she was doing most of the cooking, right? And I was just doing what she told me to do. And I think she realized that I was never going to learn unless I was on my own. So she just like announced one day, oh, I'm going to Europe for three months with my friend Denise. Bye. And she like gets on. I'm like, what? 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 (laughs) And all these gigs. So I had to just figure it out by myself, you know? So she knew exactly what she was doing. That's amazing. She threw you out of the nest and made you fly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did change a couple things, which she didn't like, but, uh, you know. (laughs) Well, you know what? She wasn't there. So she couldn't, she couldn't judge it. She had no right to say anything, but no, it's so true. But I think that, um, particularly in this time of COVID, people do have to pivot. So, you know, um, learning to start over again is, is, is scary, but it's also so empowering because I love this quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. A woman doesn't know how strong, she's like a bag of tea. She doesn't know how strong she is until she's been put in hot water. Yes. Oh, and boy, are we in hot water. But you just brought that up. The pandemic really has made us all pivot. I mean, the weird thing was I started this podcast before the pandemic hit, I was going to launch it on Mother's Day. And then I moved up my start date because I realized women need this right now. Like women need to hear from other women who are resilient, who are going through things, who have had to reinvent and do all these things. I've realized, oh God, no, I got to move this up right now. But I am a little bit pandemic proof. I do this on Zoom. This is how, I mean, I learned about Zoom before we were Zooming. I, I mean, I was so excited when they were like, we're going to do everything on Zoom now. I'm like, I know Zoom. I know that. Like for the first time, I was like, I'm ahead. I was thrilled. Um, But everybody has had to pivot during the pandemic, their businesses. So tell me, we we talked about it a little bit before we started, but tell me what you've had to do to pivot during this pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I know so many, so many of you can relate, um, but I have a catering business called Walkstar Catering and obviously all catering gigs got canceled. So I just thought to myself, what can I do? Not necessarily to make money right away, but how can I, you know, keep myself stimulated, have fun, still keep myself in the culinary world. So, um, my daughter and I decided to do a live stream series on Facebook and Instagram called Cooped Up Cooking with Katie and Becca. I've been watching it. It's so cute. Oh, well, we should have you on the show. I have oh, guests on Fridays. Yes, girl. Will you make uh, a cocktail? Because we usually have someone come, come make a cocktail on Fridays. I mean, yes. I will. 
we'll book it. Okay. So we started doing a live stream three times a week and we make all sorts of recipes, a lot of Asian recipes because my former four cookbooks have all been Asian inspired cookbooks. But we do all sorts of things like learn to love your lockdown leftovers or sheet <laughs> pan dinners for shut-ins, you know, really taking advantage of foraging in your pantry or your refrigerator, making use of leftovers because I know a lot of people are cooking so much more than they used to cook. Totally. Take out and they have all this stuff in their fridge, right? They have to yes. You don't no, want to that's wait. a great idea because you're right. We have so many leftover things. We're cooking things and then we have like broccoli and then we have like uh, asparagus and we're like, what, are we, uh, what am I making from this? You know, like it's great. That's a great idea. Right. So, you know, uh, we've had so much fun doing it and we've done some segments on NBC4 Los Angeles where we taught people how to use one roast chicken three different ways. Exactly what we're talking about. Like take that roast chicken, make fried rice, make some tacos, you know, make a pasta bake with one chicken and it's so economical. And so, Oh, I love this. We're going to have to post a link to that in the show notes, chicken three ways. I love that. Yeah. So I think people are really um, sort of gravitating towards it because I'm, I'm cooking with my daughter and also we just make fun of ourselves and she makes, basically she makes fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) Talk dance, you know, um, and people cook along with us, which I really also love. In addition to the show, I'm doing um, some Zoom cooking classes uh, with grocery box delivery. So oh, also do a link to that um, soon as well. So, for example, I did a class for 50 residents of 10,000 Santa Monica, that luxury high rise in Century City. Yeah, with 50 grocery store boxes, and then uh, they all logged on, and I taught them all how to, you know, cook. Asian dumplings and they had a blast. They were all dancing. I am for real doing this with you. That is for sure happening. I'm going to book a class with you. hundred percent. That's a great idea. So those are the ways we, you know, I've, I've had to pivot. Yeah. I mean, I love that idea of the cooking class too, especially because if you know what, if you're not, even if you're not living, you know, close together, the fact that you can like do that and get the little grocery and then do it together on zoom, like that's amazing. I love that idea. It's a sense of community. Yeah. Friends. You don't have to go to the grocery store. It's yes. like just very turnkey. Yeah. I love this idea. Okay. So what do you, what do you want? I mean, you, you've come from this warrior blood. <laughs> what do you want? And you have this, you have these kids too, which you're trying to obviously set an example for when we're, when we can, because sometimes we just can't be a good example. <laughs> but what do you want your legacy to be? You know, that's uh such a big question. I know. I know. You know what? And I've never asked anyone this question before. So I feel bad because it is a big question, but I really feel like I want to ask you this question. So I have to, sorry. No, no, no. I, you know, and I think it's important for everyone to think about because a legacy isn't about a list of accomplishments of things that you did. Your legacy is how you want to be remembered. Your legacy is how you treated others, how you behaved. What kind of examples did you set? How did you lift up people? How did you inspire them? So I, I, you know, I want to make a difference. Obviously, I hope one day my kids will say, wow, you know, our mom really made an impact on the world. So um, I think in terms of the work I do for Women's Entrepreneurship Day, I'm the Los Angeles ambassador for Women's Entrepreneurship Day, which is a global movement that comes out of um, New York, but there's over a hundred of us global ambassadors all over the world. And uh, the whole mission is to encourage women to become entrepreneurs because when women become entrepreneurs, they give 90% of their income back to their families and communities 
which lifts up the economy as a whole. And men don't tend to do that. So, you know, I just hope that through my actions to pay it forward, to um, inspire others, to help, you know, anytime anybody needs help from me, I, I try to be there for them. Whether they're an 18 year old high school student, whether they're in a, you know, an inspiring chef that just, you know, was a hairdresser, decided to take some cooking classes. You need to take the same amount of time and effort to help somebody that's just starting out as you would with someone you consider to be a peer. Yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, I, I'm, I've talked to this with girlfriends. Uh, I talk about this with girlfriends all the time, but I really believe in pulling another woman up. If you're in a position and you know someone who, and you're a little ahead of the game, right? You reach down and you pull another woman up who's maybe not as far along, but really could use your advice and guidance. Give her that shot, bring her on the show, tell, you know, whatever it is, you know, that is what it takes. I feel like women are, are, are for some reason have been convinced into this competitive scarcity, which I think is a complete lie. There's enough for everybody. There's enough pie for everyone. We don't need to worry about our not having enough. I think women reaching and and you doing that entrepreneurship, you know, being being that ambassador, reaching down and saying, "I'm here. I believe in you. Let's do this." Like that is what women need. We can't. It's too hard to do it alone. We might as well learn from each other and help each other. I think that's it, the way life is. I agree 100. I, I I heard this really terrific quote. It is for, um, behind every successful woman are five successful women who have her back. Yes. And I feel that, you know, I'm sure you can relate. Sometimes you meet people, sometimes you meet women where you just feel like, Ooh, she's not going to help me. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. feel that competitiveness, but I, I say more often than not, I meet women who are there to help me, to support me. It's, you know, completely a two-way street. And I feel like when you meet that type of woman, she's behind you 110%. Yes. And we need and that. I know you're that kind of woman. No, I am. And I, and I have to tell you, I have let go every single person that's not, because to me, it's a waste of time. I, I really, and I have this group of women around me now. I call them my board. They know who they are. I have a, I have, I, I had, had this board in my mind, these girls that I talked to, and I would go to them for different reasons. And then I told them they were on the board and they were freaking out. And some of them don't even really know each other. So then I had a Zoom, because this is during COVID, I had a Zoom board meeting with them. And I sent little bottles of champagne to their house. And we had this little board meeting and I told them all why they were on the board and what, why I really trusted them as an advisor. And it became this great little community now that we have. And I've got this group text going and I'll be like, oh, I'm doing a, you know, Instagram live if you guys want to hop on. And they're, they're so cute about it, but they're so helpful to me because they really do have my back. And they, and when I'm like, what's next, you know, sometimes I get like, what, what should I be doing? Should I be doing this? Is this smart? You know, it's nice to have somebody to talk to. And just to bounce things off of. It really is. It's a brilliant idea to for every woman to have their own advisory board. I think we need it. It is so smart and so fun. So fun. Right? I, well, I've, t- I've taken it kind of live, but it was sort of in my mind. And then I thought, why should it be in my mind? Right, right. I mean, we, I think we all do that. We reach out to certain friends when we need advice about certain topics. But, you know, 
if you take all those brilliant women friends you have together, it's just going to be completely exponential. Yes. And then we're, we're all, because it'll just naturally, everyone's going to start helping each other out in the forum, right? Absolutely. And it's also one of the reasons I started this podcast because I thought, oh my gosh, like, you know, I would have these conversations with some of these women and I'd be like, this is the greatest conversation. I almost wish I could have recorded this. Like we, cause we would just go into these deep dive getting these jewels, these jewels of wisdom. And I'd be like, I just want, I, and then I would tell another girlfriend about it. I'd be like, oh my God, I went to lunch with Lisa. And, and you know what Serena said? Like, and, and then I was like, no, I need to have a podcast where everyone can hear this brilliance because it really does help us. Um, but let me, let me, but I digress. Um, what, what is the most important value that you want to pass on to your kids? I mean, I could say specifically your daughter, just, you know, woman to woman, but, but it could be your kids. Like, what do you want to pass on to them? Oh my goodness. Um, I'm, I'm going to say believing in yourself. I think that is so important for young girls, particularly to just believe in yourself and don't let anybody tell you, you can't achieve something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids right now are feeling this pandemic hard and they're feeling isolated and they're feeling a little bit like just drained. I don't know if your kids, are your kids doing virtual or are they doing, are they back in school? They are and they are um, doing virtual and it, it's hard. You it's know? hard. And it's depressing. I mean, and they can't always express themselves Yeah, you know, when they feel anxiety or they feel a little blue because they're not around their friends. I mean, luckily I have twins, so they have each other. Yes. Uh, but I think it's really important to talk to them and really understand, you know, what they're feeling. And I think because also it's all virtual and they're communicating with their friends on their phone through TikTok, Snapchat, or whatever, you know, there's some of that little bullying that goes on or mm-hmm. girl stuff. And, you know, I didn't come for that, come from that. So I try to guide her and coach her as best as I can. But, um, you know, we're all learning through it day by day. I have to say the most mortifying thing happened. Um, my daughter was, our electricity went out in part of our house. So she was on the Zoom call in our bedroom. Okay. Oh God. And I completely forgot. And so I walked out of our master bathroom completely naked holding my No, bathroom. you did not. You and did she not. Goes, she goes, ah! I'm like, ah! Oh my <laughs> and God. And I'm like, she goes, I was like, she's looking at me. I'm looking at her. And we're like, I don't think anybody saw. I don't think anybody saw. And like, <laughs> she goes, but, but my friend Sophia did this. Oh God. And I don't think anybody else. I mean. But I know I'm not the only one. Oh no. My girlfriend <laughs> was doing. Other things have happened. <laughs> my girlfriend was doing an interview and her husband walked by in the background, same situation. And then the woman literally refused to, she, her eyes went big. But she, they didn't really know each other, so she refused to say anything because she just wanted to give the other woman the dignity. You know, she she was like, oh just keeping God. it moving, like just not acknowledging that the husband just like went traipsing by in the background. I was like, oh God, this is like where we are now. Oh my God, crazy I, town. I'm so crazy. I know my my friends were like, oh oh, she's gonna be talking about that for the rest of her life. I'm like, yeah, on a couch. I mean. <laughs> Listen, if that's the worst thing to come out of this, we're doing good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, we just have to laugh at ourselves. I mean, we just have to. We have to. So what is your favorite recipe to cook or are you so sick of cooking you can't take it anymore? 
no, you know, I, I'm really having fun because, um, you know, my cookbooks and, and my blog have all been Asian. So now I'm just branching out and doing all this other stuff because my next cookbook's coming out spring 2021 that's filled with global flavors. Ooh. Asian. So I've been having a lot of fun, but the, uh, my most favorite thing to cook is my mother's famous chicken chow mein recipe because um, she was so busy. We barely got to even see her. But on those rare Saturdays when we she had some extra time, she would make this giant wok filled with her delicious chicken chow mein and our whole family would sit down and eat it. So I just have so many memories attached to that particular recipe. Oh my gosh. And is this, how do we get this recipe? Is this recipe in one of your books or how do we get this recipe? Um, it's on my blog, Chef Katie. Chow. Oh, it's on your blog. Okay. So I'm going to put a little link in the show notes because you know, I'm going to be making that. Okay. All righty. Uh, Chinese cookbook, everyday Chinese cookbook. Okay. So, oh, that, well, that brings me to my next question. So what, so what's coming up next? So you're, I know you're doing, you're doing the Instagram and the cooped up, you're cooped up with your, with your kids. So tell me all the things, all the things coming on the horizon. Oh, okay. Well, um, as I mentioned, my next cookbook's coming out spring 2021. It's Katie's uh, Global Family Cookbook. So I'm super excited about that. As I said, it has uh, a ton of uh, globally infused recipes, but there's also, um, some cultural celebrations in the book. So uh, I have a Lunar New Year section with Jeannie Mai from The Real. I have a Greek Easter celebration with Debbie Matinopoulos. From I am all over this book. This is such a good idea because you know what? It's, it's those little celebrations and kind of making a bigger deal out of some of these things that make us feel in this time, like just good because we're celebrating something. I think that's a great idea. Right. And fun. So then I have a uh, Cinco de Mayo with Jeffrey Saad. He was on America uh, food networks next star. Um, and it, he had a show on cooking channel and then, um, Hanukkah with a famous, uh, <laughs> writer named Faye Levy. She contributed the recipes for Hanukkah, but also in that, um, feature is Nate Burkus and, uh, Jeremiah Brent. I love it. It's because because my mother catered his bar mitzvah cause he's from, it's a whole long story, but anyway, we have this Nate or Jeremiah. Nate Burgess, his, I met him by coincidence at a dinner party and he was like, oh my God, your mom was Leanne Chin. She catered my bar mitzvah. But then his mom was a, works at a dress shop where my mom was a seamstress. Oh my gosh. She, my mom would bring me to the store in the little playpen. So my mom must've known him as a little baby. Isn't that the cutest um, thing? That's an amazing connection. My God. And the people at the dinner party are staring at us like, what are you even talking about? Yeah, meanwhile, you guys are losing your minds. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. But they, they are the sweetest and so kind. It's I know. So I love nice. them. So I love I'll be gearing up for the book. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of different collaborations. I just did um, a really cute uh, live stream yesterday for Sanrio. Um for a Hello Kitty Musubi, which is that sushi made with Spam. And uh, we shape it like Hello Kitty. So um, we did this big giveaway with Zojirishi because they just launched their Hello Kitty rice cooker. But uh, you should check it out on my blog because it is the oh, cutest thing. I'm obsessed. Ever. I saw it on Instagram. I nearly died. I send it to my girlfriend, Marella, because she is obsessed with Hello Kitty on a level that is not normal. And <laughs> I love Masubi. Masubi, like when I discovered Masubi, I was like, this is my breakfast until the end of time. I, I tried it. I cannot make it, but my husband can make it. I literally beg him. I'm like, please, you make me some Masubi. And, and now my son will, and, and that's the other thing too. Since the dawn of time, I have been a dumpling aficionado. 
I love a dumpling more than most people. And I, for my 16th birthday, did not ask for a purse or a shirt. I asked for my mother to tell the Chinese woman down the street who made the best dumplings. I said, can I have 25 dumplings just for me? That was my 16th birthday gift, Leah. I mean, uh, Katie, can you believe that? I love that. Where are you from? I, well, I grew up in Scarsdale. Okay. In Westchester, but I've lived here since 1996. So oh I'm- my gosh. Wow. Well, I, I think that when you come on the show, the whole show is going to be themed to dumplings. Yes, please. Yes, please. Did you know what dim sum literally translates as? What? To touch the heart or little pieces of the heart. Stop it. Oh my gosh. No wonder I love them. We made dim sum on the Today Show uh, with Elle Roker for Mother's Day because of the sentiment behind dim sum. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Well, I, I am like so thrilled to like be involved with you at all. I will do whatever you want me to do. And I'm, I, I'm already all over your Instagram looking at Hillary Kitty and everything else. More because you will very soon be all over my life. <laughs> I, love you, I love your energy. I think what you're doing is amazing. Oh and my so gosh. To other women. So thank oh my you. gosh. Back at you, back at you. Okay, we're going into the speed round now, Katie. Get ready. Um, okay, cocktail of choice. Lychee martini. Ooh, God, I forgot about those. They're so good. Delicious. Do you have they a recipe for that? Too, uh, it's just some uh, lychee liqueur. Or if you want to do a cheat, you can just buy lychees in a can at the Asian market and just mix half vodka with half of the juice. They're so delicious. I did not know it was that simple. I will be doing that. Okay. Um, mantra, uh, you've already given me a bunch of good quotes, but mantra or quote that you live by leap and the net will appear. And I know this sounds corny, but when I left my husband, I'm living in my friend's, you know, guest house slash garage. I'm like, who am I? What happened? I quit my job. I had no husband. (laughs) Like what the heck? And, you know, I just decided to jump off and start this new career in a lark. I had bought an O magazine and I ripped off a page. I had it like taped on the wall of my bathroom and I just saw this quote leap and then it will appear. And I was like, you know what? What is the worst thing that could happen to me? You know what I mean? What is the worst thing? I mean, I can go back to my old career and do that if I have to. I grew up working in the catering and restaurant business. I know how, I mean, I can make a living. If I have to sweep floors, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That's always just stuck with me. And I think it resonates for budding entrepreneurs because fear is what gets in the way. hundred percent. hundred percent. afraid of what we don't know and what we haven't tried. Yes. So um, that is my mantra. I love that leap and the net will appear. I'm going to really have to write that down and look at that a bunch of times during the day. Um, what simple thing do you do for yourself? Like a self-care tip you could give us? I take a bath. I mean, I so rarely took baths before COVID, but now I feel like it's okay, you know, to take that extra 10 minutes and just take a little bubble bath. Amen and hallelujah. Isn't that funny how we would not give ourselves the baths before COVID and now we're stuck in our houses and we're almost like, oh no, 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 I'm going to have a bath. Yes, I am. But why? Why is that? Why would I feel guilty? That's stupid. That's so stupid. I can't even take it. I, I, and it drives me crazy too. I think of stuff like that and I think, what are you, what are you holding out on yourself for? You do everything for everyone else and you can't give yourself 10 minutes for a bath. Hello? Exactly. I know. No, it's ridiculous. Um, I think we're getting better at self-care in COVID. I'm, I'm going to, when this is over, I'm keeping that. I agree. 100%. What makes you feel unstoppable? Karaoke. Stop it. 
My friends call me karaoke queen. I, I'm actually in a band now with my husband and a couple of friends. Stop it! You're killing me right now. You are not in a band. See, this is why I knew I loved you. I knew I loved you. I'm telling you, I had a feeling about you, and now I know it's true. You were destined to meet, girl. I love karaoke. I wouldn't say I'm like a fantastic singer, but I just love singing. Uh, so it's called Never Too Late. And my husband just picked up playing electric guitar, you know, just a few weeks ago. And we have another friend who's in his 50s, just learned the drums. And me and my other friend, my gay karaoke husband, Steve, we practice every week. Um, it's actually been such a great distraction, but I love karaoke so much because I was always so shy growing up being the only Chinese one in our high school that I tried just, I didn't want anyone to look at me. I tried to hide from everybody. I wanted to be Norwegian like everybody else. Um, and then I finally found my voice much later in life. And, uh, it's interesting because I could never sing a solo because I was too scared. And then right after I left my second husband, I was like, again, leap in the night. Like, who cares? I just did it. And it kind of changed my life. I love that. Isn't that funny? Like that, that little, little thing of bravery, right? That little leap that you took made you feel more powerful. Like that's what I think is the key to it, right? We're scared to do these things. Even if it's something like karaoke, which is, you know, Please, that's 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 a fun thing, but you know we freak ourselves out. I don't want to sing by myself, uh, but like then you did it, and look how powerful you felt. Well, and I think you know you. I kind of use that energy. Like I actually hit that note sometimes when I have to do a TV appearance, or I have to you know do a big presentation in front of like hundreds of people. It's just that that getting into that feeling. Like I can do that. Of course, I can do that. I mean. I've never heard someone say that karaoke is the thing that makes them unstoppable, but I, I will tell you that I love karaoke too. This is another thing we have in common. And I, for my 16th wedding anniversary, I had a sweet 16 party with my husband love it. and we performed a duet together and karaoke and people just about fell on the floor. What was the song? We sang, well, we sang, um, you are the, I think it's called I don't know what the, it's, it's the song that goes, you are the woman that I've always dreamed of. I knew it from the start. That's, I don't know what that song's called, but we, we did that song and people were dying. They couldn't believe that we were up there singing, but we, that's what we love to do. That's what we love to do. So we thought we're just going to, and I was nervous, but we were like, we're just going to share this with people and people just died and people got up there, got on that karaoke. And this one girl this girl, Kristen, I, God bless her. She's probably listening to this right now. She, she was like, no, 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 I can't do the karaoke. I can't. I said, oh, come on, Kristen, you come up with me. Come on. Come on. I know you want to. Come on. She gets up there. I mean, takes that microphone and acts like she's on a stage and was the best thing you've ever seen in your life. Oh so it's people secret karaoke personality they're that they're hiding. Yes. They're hiding them. Yes. Yes. We agree. You know, pre-COVID, I had a, cari- a roving karaoke club with my friend Stella. I wish I had known, but, you know, we'll start it up again. Please do that. That's such a great idea. Yeah, it was so fun. Oh my God. I love that idea. We're, I'm going to, I'm going to literally make you do that again and I'm going to be involved. Okay. Who do you, who else, who, who or not who else, who do you most admire? Well, of course, I'm going to I think I know. You know, my, of course my mom, but living, I, I, I'm going to say Michelle Obama because I got to meet her at the White House. And, um, you know, I was so nervous. Like everybody that was at the Easter egg roll, you know, you get to meet them. You all stand in a line. They take away your phones. It's very like top security situation. 
but it was right when she, you know, she had bangs back then. So I, my, my whole goal is to say, I just love your bangs. But of course <laughs> came out. This is what came out. <laughs> I mean, I would die. Oh, cool. They were like, hey, thank you so much for coming out on behalf of City of, City of Hope, Katie Chin. You go cook it off, girl. You go cook it off. And they were so warm. They gave me a huge hug. I mean, you just felt like you could hang out with them and have a drink. You know what I mean? Yes. The girls were so darling and awesome. But I just think she is uh, such an authentic woman. And she stays so true to what she believes. And she's so inspiring. I just, uh, you know, I'd love to hang out with her again, with or without bangs. Oh, she with or without bangs. We'll take her any way we can get her. Um, I am so obsessed with her that I'm making my friend Tanya, who's a jewelry designer. I said, I need that vote necklace. You know, that vote necklace she wore at the Democratic National Convention. I saw that thing and I was like, um, yes, please. I was like, Tanya, you need to knock that thing off so I can buy it. Absolutely. I'll buy one too. Okay. I made my kids listen to her speech at the Me too. My daughter was so cute. She was like, she heard it in the middle of it. She was like, Michelle Obama throwing some shade on Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle Obama for president 2024. (laughs) Please. Oh, from your mouth to God's ears. I love that, Michelle. I that's so funny because a lot of people that I have on this podcast love her too. And I love her too. And when she speaks, I'm like, it's there's such a genuineness to when she speaks. And I really admire her. I watched that whole uh, Becoming documentary. I think that was the name of Becoming the documentary. And it really illustrated to me like the pressure of what her job actually was during that time. And all the people and that were, I mean, there were a lot of people obviously who would love them, but there's a lot of people who are against them too. And mm-hmm. all that they had to go through and the stress of that. And she just handled it with such grace and class. I just, I really admire her class and her grace. I really do. I completely agree. And my mother was like that as well. Again, never had a bad th- word to say about anybody and always had just so much grace. Mm. I, I remember when Obama went on like, I don't know, Jimmy Fallon or something like that. And, 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 and they were like, well, what's it like? You know, it's like, basically everyone I work with is Simon Cowell every day. <laughs> he said I bet. that. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, the stress of it. I can't. Um, okay. The last question, what's exciting you the most right now? I think I forgot to look at that one. <laughs> <laughs> you just think, listen, we've talked about many exciting things. Your, I love your cookbook that's coming out. I love your karaoke and your band. You can you can pick one of your old answers. You don't have to have something new, but yes, think I, about I'm, what's exciting you the most. Right here, right now. Right now. What's exciting me the most is that uh, the next song that our band is going to conquer is Proud Mary, and I have to do Tina Turner's Proud Mary. Which again, because, you know, it's not actually the hardest song to sing, but it's all about her, the swagger, the attitude, the swagger, the grunting, the howling. And I'm like, I'm terrified, but I'm excited. I'm excited because who gives a shit? I'm sorry. No, but who does? And secondly, you've got warrior blood. So you just channel that warrior blood right up there because that Tina is a warrior woman too. Well, we need to continue. I know it's a really hard time right now, but we always have to do things that scare us a little bit because that's what makes us feel alive, right? Yes. And it helps us grow. I mean, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. 
Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Good to meet you. I mean, we're going to be such good friends. I mean, the fact that you live in Los Angeles, this is going to happen. I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm in your life now. I've I've busted my way into your life, and now I know I was right about everything I thought about you. So, so I'm thrilled. And I think you and your husband should come do like a little cameo at our next band rehearsal. My husband plays the drums, <gasps> and for years he was in a band. So guess what? Hey. Oh yeah. Uh huh. It's gonna happen. It's on. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Katie. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much for. Thinking of me, I think uh, what you're doing is great, and I'm excited to follow your show now. Oh, yeah, girl. Follow it up. All right. Thank you, Katie. I loved our talk. Thank you for joining me, everyone, today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review. This is Conversations with Warrior Women. I'm Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just have to ask her. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye.